What's up? I am Stephen Campbell. Frankie French. And this is Profits Non. Profits. Exactly what I said. 28? 29? Yeah, we're almost the big three zero. Nice. Very important age for a very important podcast. What are we going to do for the dirty 30? We got to do something. Um, maybe, maybe we'll do it topless. I don't, <laughs> I don't I'll know. do it bottomless. How about that? Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's do from, from episode 30 on, we are bottomless every episode, <laughs> but we can't show anybody because it's Twitch. So episode 40. It's like, just know the next 10 episodes. Yeah. We are bottomless. And then we'll put that on our OnlyFans. Or do not give an explanation at all. And only true fans, the ones that listen to this episode. <laughs> know that we're bottomless. And we just open the show with you you know what you know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what it's not. Jared, what are the rules about nudity on Twitch? Can you weigh in here, Jared, please? Okay. Yeah, that was Boosie. Boosie just yelled from the ethos. <laughs> I don't think you can be nude on Sorry about that. Uh, but yeah, uh, the nudity rules are, I think, man nipples are still okay. Women okay. nipples are not. You can do That's hot so tub much. streams, so you can be nearly nude. And still, there's a whole new category. They just started a brand new category for hot tubs last week on Twitch. There's a whole category for hot tubs? Okay, so, Steven, doy, we have to do this from a hot tub one day. Like, yeah. Seriously, we got to do an episode from a hot tub. At least a bathtub. Yeah. Um, Okay, so, yeah, and that that was Jared. And shout out to Comedy Hub for putting this on. Remember to like, subscribe, share, all that stuff. I never know when the appropriate time to say that is, so I say it only at inappropriate times. Why don't we do like DJ Khaled does, and he's like, and another one, just like randomly throughout a song. And when he says, do we say and another one again, or do we say like and subscribe, but in a cooler... Right, in a cooler, like, like and subscribe. You know what I mean? And then we just like, like intermittently throughout the show, like and subscribe. Word. So... Yeah. So how are things with you, Frankie? I feel like you're all over God's green earth right now. I have been shushing through the plains. That's what I've been doing. What does that mean? You never heard that song? Oh, Oklahoma, where the wind goes shushing down the plains. No, that was probably the most Caucasian thing I've ever done. Yeah. But- <laughs> I, mm, I don't know it. Is that Annie <laughs> what you've done? Or Annie, Annie's, Annie's a gunman? What is it? What is I'm not this? sure what you're referencing. Are you talking about Annie Oakley? Is that what you're weirdly... Right? Is that what we're talking about? No, Oklahoma was a musical. But... And, and their title song was Oklahoma. And that song goes, Oklahoma, where the wind goes shushing down the plains. Yeah. Hmm. Um, no? I had to sing just one song that was like show toony ever okay what is it and let us hear it it was like um all i need is love wait what is it like all, all you I need is, is love no, no no um it was much more old-timey than that it was like oh uh 
I'll remember it. I'm not, I don't know the show tunes. I've never been to a play. My girlfriend's trying to make me go to a play right now. And I've, a Book of Mormon was the only one that I saw on the docket. I'm not, I'm an uncultured swine, Frankie. Yikes. Yikes. Shout out to Ashley. Beep, 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 beep. I hope that's the girlfriend you're talking about. That is the girlfriend <laughs> that I'm talking about. The one. I hope you only have one. Oh, did I fuck up? Okay. No, there's somebody watching on Twitch that, that is also my girlfriend. Uh, you can go ahead and chime in on Twitch. Oh, um, so hey twitch girlfriend just so you know you're not his real girlfriend boom in your face <laughs> I, think, I think we live in a virtual world where where real is just very much a figment of our imagination we can have internet girlfriends um i feel like that's just like your girlfriend that lives in a different state remember that in high school yeah. <laughs> my girlfriend lives my, i have a girlfriend but she lives in another state she lives in uh, in omaha and she can't she doesn't have internet she doesn't have internet. Yeah. Um, so you you stayed at stayed at my place in New York and we we had a hell of a weekend doing comedy shows. Um, what was your favorite of the shows that you did? Oh wow, my favorite of the shows. Let me think. Um, I'm gonna you know what? Probably that show we all ended up doing together at Stand Up New York. That was fun because everybody got to get on. Um, and we all have I felt like we all had really great sets, and that was just a good that was a good time. I, um, I'm wearing the same sweatshirt that I was wearing at Stand Up New York. That was actually my first my first show there. Happy uh, mischief. mischief. <laughs> I do this every time. Happy mischief. Okay, happy mischief said, when did I get upgraded? I thought I was a Twitch side piece. Oh, Ow. You're my girl. You're my internet girl, mischief. <laughs> Miss Giff. Don't let them tell you differently. You're my internet girl. I am baffled that I don't have an internet girlfriend that's stalking me. Like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm uh, Jerry Slinger's. I'm, well, no, my husband's Jerry Slinger, but whatever. So, your husband <laughs> calls himself Jerry Slinger or his penis Jerry Slinger? A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. <laughs> <laughs> But most importantly, his finishing move is the slingshot. Oh, gross. Yeah, oh, it's disgusting. Like, it's absolutely, if he weren't such a sweet human, like, if he weren't literally the sweetest boy in, the, in school, I would get a divorce. Like, it would just be over. During sex, are you just going, Jerry, 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 Jerry. There's an audience. People start fighting. It gets weird. Like, it gets weird. Lots of bleeped out cuss words. Oh, so many bleeped out cuss words. Beat me. Beat me. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Is is he still a show? Is that still a show, Jerry? You know what? I I stopped watching, like, um, I stopped watching, uh, uh, what is it called? Um, tabloid TV shows. Oh, so you're like Yes, yeah, not not for nothing, and I don't and I don't you know judge anyone if, if they do. I get it; it's pure entertainment. You do not have to think about it. But like, it was just like after like I used to consume a lot of it just because it was so messy, and I was like, ew, you know what I mean? Like, stop. I don't know. It just so you got transferred over to watching murder television. Yes, I just. <laughs> So, so trash TV was influencing your thoughts too much. So you were like, oh, I'm going to spend all the time watching real, real crime videos. You know what, Stephen, uh, Joseph Campbell, um, a.k.a. Soup, I don't think that I like the judgment in your voice. I feel like, um, yeah, I don't think I like it. And yeah, I do watch murder 24-7, but I also 
self-hypnosis and meditate every evening with peace and love. Um, so fuck you, Stephen Campbell. Wait, what is actually back up? What is self-hypnosis? Like, what does that look like? Oh, I have an app that walks me through, um, uh, the steps to hypnotize myself and to attract abundance. And it's amazing. And is that like through visualization? Yeah, there, it's, it's, um, it's, uh, it kind of wa- talks me through it and then walks me through different visual visualization techniques. And then next thing I know, it's telling me three, two, one, and wake up. It's very weird. Really? Like you go out yeah. like Oh, I, it's not, so, I mean, sometimes it depends where my mind is at. Sometimes it takes like, you know, um, a lo- like maybe 10 minutes to get there. Sometimes it takes a minute, you know what I mean? But depending upon where like I am um, mentally, emotionally, whatever, it will decide. And, but I always, I, I always go, okay, it's not going to get me this time. I'm just going to listen and, you know, do the breathing and the visual, but nope, every single time I'm out. And then, yeah. And then I wake up when it starts waking me up. I'm like, Does Oh, okay. I worry you about like a Manchurian candidate situation that you might murder the president. Did, did I tell you about that? That I have a phobia that I'm a Manchurian candidate? No, but that's why I say. Oh my <laughs> that's why I stay all the way the fuck away from hypnosis because I'm like, I'm like, I don't want to be no, I don't want to know how vulnerable I am to somebody manipulating my mind. Oh my god, that's so. It's so funny that. Oh my god. Okay, Stephen, I thought I had told you that I do have like a phobia or a paranoia that I am a, currently a Manchurian candidate. Candidate, oh, and that. Yeah. Oh, I, I keep meaning to talk about this on stage, but I keep forgetting. But yes, one of my like OCD phobias is that also I'm afraid of clowns and hand puppets, but whatever. We'll talk about that later. But Wait, I'm, I'm sorry, but let's back up on that one. Clowns with hand puppets? It, separate or individually. And I, I love humankind and I'm not, I, I, I do not have prejudices against anyone. At the same time, I'm very nervous around little people. And it's not because, it, it, I, no, I'm not even, and I'm not being funny or trying to be cheeky or any, any of that. I love my, my humankind. I love my brothers and sisters of all shapes and forms and sizes. At the same time, I, it's, I am terrified. And I'm not even kidding. Wait, and if wait, I, to, yeah. to what extent, like, that you can't have a conversation I have a severe panic attack. I saw one time at a, oh. at a fair, I saw a little person who was also a midget and they had a hand puppet. And it was just, it was like all of my nightmares <laughs> being visited <laughs> upon me at one time. And Charles will tell the story. We were walking into the, the fair and then he's like, and then she was just gone. And um, yeah, and, it's, and I know that, it, I know that it sounds amusing and I, and I get it. Um, I don't know what it is. It's just, but yeah, literally I will. Yeah, it's it's a fear. But I seriously think like I'm afraid that I'm going to answer my phone one day and someone's going to go ducks fly low at midnight and then I'm going to be activated and then just go start doing weird shit. Nah, I think that we're all Manchurian candidate bait because like this with this phone, like I feel like we're just being programmed all the time to just Manchurian candidate buy shit on Amazon. <laughs> Yo, did you see that there was this like short on hbo and it was about this clown in nope. florida that that dressed up like just this like it character like this evil no clown. no i did not no i would never have watched that and so the the it starts out like documentary style where it says that it's this clown that's been like abducting children like all this stuff <laughs> but it was a citywide prank on the children to make the children behave 
and you could call this clown to like hide in your kid's closet and like, or like in the backyard, like it was a whole citywide thing, like where they would put shit out in the local news saying that the clown was spotted and they would do it during like kid programming. So you know how horrific that is? Can you, I can't even imagine the, first of all, there's a monster that lives in everyone's closet. That's number one. Yeah. And I can't imagine even as an adult, there is a monster currently in my closet. (laughs) I cannot imagine as a child laying my head down to sleep and a fucking clown comes out of my closet. They had, they had like one of the scenes that they showed is like a, a night vision camera watching like a kid in a trundle bed no. and the clown, the clown comes out of the trundle part. Like, you know, that no, was no, no. Why would you want to destroy your kid's safety like that? That's insanity. And, and oh always, they would say like, they would do it for trivial shit. Like the kid wouldn't eat his vegetables and they'd be like, you know, you know, Clowny the Clown's going to come fuck with you. And then no. and they would do it. They would put the clown, they would pay the clown like a thousand bucks to just go stand out in the backyard and, uh, and scare the kids. Nah, 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 nah. I'm going to say hard pass on that. That's, that's evil. That's like evil on a whole other. You know what that is? That's yeah. brilliant. That is bullying. Oh, Boom. the transition has started. Um, just as so everyone knows, um, they think it's fun to give kids PTSD. That's your girlfriend said that. Uh, for really, that is is real bullying. Yeah, that's like straight up. Like that's not, that's terrorized. That's terrorism. And I know that might sound like a drastic word to use, but if I'm a kid, my home, especially my room, that's my literally my safety space. Like that's my space where. You know, I, I cut out all the bad and I let in all the good and I write in my little journal, whatever it is that I do for my piece. They, they had one where the parents, like there were a handful of parents that all wanted to scare their kids before school. And the clown was able to sit down with a radio DJ. And then the parents made sure that the kids heard the radio programming and the, the clown said that he was coming <laughs> hey kids right. i'm coming to eat your livers today after school <laughs> named, I feel like that's what clowns sound like all the time name named the kids on the radio oh no yeah. nope no no that's not okay that no objectively very funny on every <laughs> objectively hilarious real realistically horrific like terrific, that's not yeah. I was a nervous kid. Any, I can't even, oh my God, I would have lost my shit. But let me tell you a quick story about a time that I thought I had been activated. You had thought what? I thought I had gotten activated by the government. Wait, yeah, please explain what you mean. I told you I have this weird like belief or phobia rather that I might be a Manchurian candidate. Sure. Hence, like I seriously thought that's why you said it because I thought I had told you this before, but Years ago, I worked for this really swanky com- company, and um, I worked for this really swanky company, and we had a retreat in D.C. Even though I lived in Virginia, they put us up in this really nice hotel in Georgetown, right? Uh, so I get there, um, I go to check in, and again, this hotel is very swanky. And I say that because a, a hotel of this caliber, you wouldn't expect to make mistakes. This is relevant to the story. So I check in, I get my key, I go up to my room. The door's cracked. Uh-oh. What? 
I slowly push the door open and say, hello, it's empty, but there's a suitcase on the bed with the fucking note on top. What? <laughs> I was like, oh shit, this is it. I'm going to get a phone call or I'm going to open this note and it's going to tell me what the contents of this suitcase are for. It's going to have my costume, of course. It's going to have all of my um, artillery. It'll have my uh, my, uh, new ID, my um, passport, a stack of cash in different denominations and different types of uh, currency, of Of course. course. You never know. Yeah, you never know when you have to run to Bangladesh and need Bangladeshian money. So anyway, um, so I push the note to the side because I'm, I'm eager to see what my gear looks like. <laughs> I'll open the note after I look at my gear. So now I've opened up the suitcase and I'm pulling stuff out. It's not really making any sense. And I notice there's a woman standing in the doorway wondering why I'm going through her shit. <laughs> <laughs> so security came and figured everything out. <laughs> the worst Manchurian candidate ever. Worst Manchurian candidate. And I was like, oh no, you don't understand. I think I may have been activated. I thought I might have been activated by the government. I hear how crazy this sounds, but I promise I'm not crazy. Oh, I was completely crazy. But anyway, hilarious. <laughs> um, well, you want to bring on our guest? I want nothing more than to bring on our guest. It's the only thing I want to do. Ladies and gentlemen, all the way from PA is one of the most wonderful humans that I know. They work all over the country, bringing joy to children and human, all kinds of human faces and work specifically in the space of anti-bullying. Ladies and gentlemen and ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the Gab Squad, none other than Gab Onesso. Hi, guys. Welcome on. How you living? (laughs) I'm I'm doing great, you know. Like we're here, we we're on, you know, we're vaccinated. It's it's good. It's good time. We are. What's going on? Happy Pride. Happy first day of Pride. I'm wearing my um, you know, trans ally colors. See, oh, they're like pink and blue. See, you. That's how you. That's how you get the agenda out to the kid. Oh, we can. I have, I have pink and blue too. Oh, you, can't, you can't really is see that. Forgive my ignorance, but pink and blue is trans. Is the trans flag and white, pink, blue, and white is like the trans. Okay. Flag. Yeah, I want to. I want to real quick um, before we move on from this pride topic. I want to shout out Marsha P. Johnson. If you don't know who this uh, woman was, she was a black trans woman who threw the first brick in the Stonewall um, uprising, which is the catalyst for the month that we celebrate of Pride. So. Thank you, trans black women. Hello. Protect trans black women. Hello. Black trans lives matter. I just want to put that out there. Look her, look her up. Look up the whole event because in reality, it was black and brown people literally on the front lines that started this movement. And a lot of pride events get very whitewashed and black and yeah, and black and brown and other people of color get um, left out of the conversation, get left out of the event. So Take that into consideration as you're celebrating Pride this month. Go to events that are multifaceted, intersectional. C- celebrate and support those events. Can Don't I, go to exclusionary events. The uh, the thing that I learned yesterday was the origin of Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. Um, in Charleston, uh, a bunch of freed uh, ex-slaves mm-hmm. had... Re un, it, 
uh, it, unburied bodies, 287 uh, Union soldiers who had died in a prison camp yep. uh, in the Confederacy. Mm-hmm. And they'd all been buried in a mass grave. They unburied it, gave them like a proper burial yep. and like celebrated the day. And that was actually the origin of the first Memorial Day. So that was in Charleston in what would that have been? 1867 or something yeah something like that this is also today is the 100th anniversary of the tulsa massacre so let's shout that out too it's so funny gab i'm so sorry that we just went off on this tangent please that's all important yeah but it's it's so interesting to me how my white friends and allies that i know are literally a lot of them are just finding out about these different events which I find so just so bizarre because I knew about these, like I knew about this, all of this stuff when I was a little kid, you know what I mean? Like I read books about it. I was told about it. We talked about it. And it's such a disservice that our country does to, to um, children and adults of non uh, black or African-American ethnicity by not giving this information. You know what I mean? Like you can't understand the full picture of anything without having all the pieces to it. Right. And, and I feel like a lot of racism that is perpetrated and experienced is because of, of a lack of information, meaning that people are, are, are making their conclusions without all of the facts. Well, black people don't have it that hard. You know, we freed slaves and blah, blah, blah. And things have been great since then. No, that's not the story. Every time black people try to pull themselves up by their bootstraps and create spaces where they could be productive and healthy and, and, and participating members of society, literal, literal white terrorists and mobs would come into those spaces and burn them to the ground. Yeah. You know what I mean? And without knowing that, you, can, you know what I mean? You're going to formulate opinions that are incorrect. I'm constantly finding out shit that I'm like, oh, my God, how did I not know about that? But also, like, the only reason I have, like, a foundational knowledge is because of listening to hip-hop growing up. Right, um, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know what Black Wall Street was until the game. <laughs> until yeah, the, uh, but there's nothing wrong with saying that. that. There's nothing wrong with That's another point, you know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with saying that. That's excellent. That's what our, 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 our art and our, our music is for. When we, you know, it, it's fun to watch comedians talk and make silly jokes. Super fun. I love watching it. And when I have an opportunity to do it, I absolutely, I have this new joke about men, you know, 8% of men think that they could beat a tight, a lion in a, in a fist fight. And it's just so fun to do that joke because it's just silly and stupid. Yeah. There's some commentary in there, but really it's just a silly, stupid joke. But 99% of my jokes have a deeper message to it because I feel remiss as a black person, as a black queer person, as a black queer woman, making silly jokes for the sake of making people laugh. I want you to laugh and I want you to walk away and think about it. So, yeah, when you when you, you know, people always or society often tries to uh, defunct rap or 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 demonize rap music. When in reality, if you if you pay attention and you're listening to it, a lot of it, not all of it, but a lot of it, there are messages and information that you that you that's beneficial. Yeah, that was uh, what how I found out about Black Star through Black. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Wall Street. Yeah. Shit, uh, I'm drawing a blank right now. I mean, Emmett Till, Emmett Till was, that was, I found out. Emmett Till, yeah, yep. Emmett Till, sorry. That's uh, all good. Found out through hip hop as well. Um, yeah. Also, uh, How to Shake My Ass. Um, you know. Essential. <laughs> <laughs> so, Which is probably the most important thing yeah, that we've yeah, all yeah. learned from rap music is how to pop the proverbial coochie. With so, that said, <laughs> getting what? into music with a message that is teaching people some stuff. 
Um, Gab, tell us a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do. I would, because I just, if I don't want to lose this train of thought though, really quickly, we were talking about everything you were just saying. And I really feel like the public school system in America does a complete disservice about black history because they act as though it's not American history, which is the most revolting thing I've ever heard. And as a child growing up in rural Pennsylvania, uh, my mother always prided herself that we were descendants of John Brown, the the abolitionist. Uh And when we were studying the Civil War in ninth grade, they ignored all of that in our, our history lesson. So I had raised my hand just to say like, hey, Mr. Gallius, because I thought it'd be this really cool moment in, in class just to say right. like, I needed to this man who, okay, granted, he murdered people, but he was freeing slaves. Like I was so right. yeah. And my teacher was like, ooh, John Brown, he was a militant abolitionist. And I said, well, he was still an abolitionist. He's like right. militant, meaning crazy, a murderer, and no one to be remembered. And I was just like- <gasps> Oh, like, wow. just so hurt and caught off guard and and confused. He I thought, said no one to be remembered. Yes. And I was like, we he free wow. like freeing slaves to me was like the best thing you could do at that time. So like I was like, he broke my brain. My mother worked at the school. I went and complained to her because I was like, mom. And then later he like mocked both of us. We Shut up. And he went, oh, it's the Benessos. Oh, or should I say the Browns? And like left. But like my point being is like I, wow. what I do for a living. One of the things I do for a living is I go into schools and I do anti-bully curriculum. Well, anti-bully programming. I created a, a, a live rock and roll comedy show and I take it to uh, pre-K to high school, even ARP meetings. But what bothers me so much and what I found in school is you can be bullied by a teacher. You can, yeah. you know, the people who are supposed to be protecting you are the people who are turning the cheek and not saying something. And it all and and racism. And, and homophobia and all of that, if it's happening at home, it comes into the school and it's all connected. So everything you talked about up top fits with the topics. All I wanted to say sure. is that. No, that's dope. That's that's dope. Your, I, do you call it curriculum or programming or what term do you typically use when you say, but how much, how much of it is centered on uh, those topics of, of maybe racism or homophobia or anything like that? That's a great question. So for me, I do. So I know for a fact that some schools that bring us in or some organizations like why we are coming in is because there needs to be some level of curriculum and they might not have it. So they're bringing in my program and it's like, this is what's going to teach you. So there is an element of education in every anti-bully show. And we studied a a group, uh, it's called Olveus. It's a, it's an educational tool that schools buy and then they use that format. So we worked with the Olveus group just to kind of get the principles of what they are educating children. Cause like, Basically, in schools, like they say that bullying is repeated. So it has to be a few times, like one person bothering a group of kids or one kid over and over. It can't just be a one time incident. They also um, include if you exclude kids purposely, like leave one kid out, that is a form of bullying. So that could happen. For sure. You know, things like that, being a leader, just trying to encourage kids to speak up, say something, not being a bystander. These are just like the simple principles that you teach throughout the show but then for us what we did was we do live music um most of it original and then i do live storytelling and since i'm a comedian i make every story over the top and funny but you know obviously there's some tragedy in some of the stories you know yeah um how do you what kind of tools do you teach kids to to use when they see bullying but my um uh bootsy she they use um what they call the slap the shit out of you method. And I don't, 
I've, I've gotten them out of that. Um, they came home one day and just kind of like, yeah, mom, I slapped like four kids today. And I, which, which, you know, again, was in defense of others. So good on you, but also keep your hands to yourself. Like, I, I believe that if the situation has not turned physical, then there's no need for physical violence. Exactly. Now, also at the same time, I also believe that if the threat of violence is impending, for example, if you see someone with a weapon or whatever, and you know, and they're coming at you and you can't get away, absolutely stop everything. Defend yourself at all costs. Yeah, and I also believe that if someone physically puts their hands on you, you once again have a right to defend yourself. But I, that's, I, that's more of a like, we used to beat people up for beating people up. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. If you weren't, if we didn't retaliate as soon as you got alone with that person again, you would repeat. So like, (laughs) it wasn't so much a, a threat of violence towards us that we used hands, but it was that this guy is going to get beat up. And like, we, we got to a point where like all the special ed class would come and eat lunch with me because of just like one, one incident. (laughs) where we had to beat somebody up for just being a deplorable human being mm-hmm. towards, towards people in the special ed classes. Um, but yeah, I, I, I know that's not the right way to deal with it, but it is the like quickest. It's a way. I mean, well, you know, I mean, it was the first thing my father told me when I was bullied on Pee Wee soccer, you, you go for the biggest boy and you make him hurt. You hurt right, him. Yeah. And they will yeah. leave you alone. And I, I, knocked this kid out. We were doing a drill and I took my arm and I just put it against his neck and he blacked out and I thought I killed him. And I was just like, Oh my God, I murdered him. <laughs> and he just lost his wind. But still like, I never wanted to be violent again. I was like, that's not for me. But he also I, left you alone though. Didn't he? Uh, you know what? He ended up being a, a son of a bitch to my best friend in ninth grade who was gay. And he would call him every gay slur. And I would go to our gym teacher and be like, please help Luke. He's calling him, you know, all these horrible words. And my gym teacher would just be like, ah, he needs to toughen up. You know what I mean? And not do anything. Bananas. Horrible, horrible. So I basically tell kids like, look, your school has a policy. You hit somebody, you're going to get suspended. You don't want that to happen. You have a future. You have things you're looking forward to. And then a kid will say, but my dad says I can hit. And I'm like, well, your dad pays for your life. So who am I? I'm just a school visitor. Do what you got to do. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, I can't tell you what to do. Like if your dad says hit him, hit him. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you know, like they don't pay me enough. I'm getting cupcake fund money here. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> what I'm going to tell you is you're going to get suspended. But if dad says do it, I don't know, man. Dude, you got to do you. Do you have any suggestions? This is from the chat. Do you have any suggestions on what to to sing if a UFO scan you? In your back, huh? I I can't even fathom. Yeah, I'm not sure. I I started reading before I read it, and I'm 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 so. Uh, it sounds like Ma- okay. Whoever this is, they, do they think that I start singing like when there's a bullying, like there's kids getting bullied? And I run into the hallway and I'm like, hey, everybody, stop! Yeah. And then I just go into everybody clap hands. No, it's that's not, like, the songs just kind of complement the program. Um. But hey, if we're an episode of Glee, I think a good song to sing would be. No, I don't really. Right. Well, no, I, I think this person was being. I'm not sure what they were doing, but they've apparently have been blocked now. So okay, so. yeah, I don't know what that was about. Anywho, um, yeah, I was trying to ask questions for. But hey, everyone watching on Twitch, if you do have a legitimate question, it please even for Gab or for Steve, Stephen or myself, 
Feel free. Ask them. We'll uh, read them and we'll answer them for sure. Um, so how long have you been doing this for, Gab? Oh, my God. We started, we created the program uh, 2012. So since 2012, um, uh, it, we've been everywhere. I mean, you know, uh, 25 states, uh, oh, wow. hosted festivals in Mexico. Oh, uh, wow. Just, you know, all over. It's, it's a wonder. I mean, it's it's one of the greatest things I've ever done, but it's really evolved through the years. Like it started as the Josh and Gab show. Then Josh kind of left and I did Gab Squad alone. Um, he was just about to come back right before the pandemic. So we haven't really had our big reunion tour yet, like the Jonas Brothers. Um, but yeah, no, it's just, uh, but what I will say to you is this, the one thing I've learned about doing anti-bully programming is I find that a lot, you know, we're dealing with kids, right? So if someone's being a bully, if someone's beating someone up, if someone's saying nasty stuff, something's probably going on with them too. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I think I said this to you, Frankie, I was yeah. going to school and I'm like, look, I'm a different kind of anti-bully program. I'm here for kids who get bullied, but I'm also here for kids who are the bully. And I'm also here for the kids who are just trying to go to school and mind their own business. I'm here to like kind of talk to all of you and like just how to be kind, how to have empathy, how to look out for each other. I think empathy is the, the true key. I think when you're a kid, you're just thinking about you and your family and what you have going on. And you don't take the time to think like, Hey, this kid who doesn't seem like they bathed in a few days. What if their mom's sick in the hospital and they're just, they've been at the hospital every night and that's why they're not doing their homework or there's just so much going on in humans' lives. And you forget that that happens to kids too. You know, Um, I just remember so many times as a kid going to the hospital to visit a grandparent who was dying and, and not getting my homework done and teachers being hard on me and the kids being hard. And it was just like, no one could understand, you know, and what was going on. Yeah. Yeah, we just just did a a show last Tuesday with Lululemon. That was last Tuesday, right, Stephen? Yeah, Yeah, with Lululemon, and it was for teacher appreciation. And we met with Ashley. Oh my God, what's Ashley's last name? Ashley Mitchell. Sorry, hi Ashley. Shout out to you. And we also met with Nick Ferroni. Um, shout out to him as well. And he was saying, Nick was saying that when his kids come in, and and he can tell, you know, when you work with people, kids or, or adults. For any length of time, you, you get to kind of know them, their mannerisms and how they present. And he was saying when they come in and he can clearly see that, you know, something's amiss, he doesn't give a shit about them learning history that day. You know what I mean? And we and we need more of that from teachers, you know, it take because the teachers and the administrators, those are the ones that are with these kids every day. You know what I mean? And, it's, if, and I feel like if you don't have the wherewithal to be present every day, then that's not the job for you, because it's I remember being in school and contemplating suicide and no one knew it. Do you get, do you get what I mean? And, and because yeah. of what was going on at home and then I was getting bullied horrifically at school. And I just remember walking through the hall and wondering if I could find a place to kill myself in school, wherever, where someone would find me and feel bad about it. You know what I mean? About what, you know, what had happened because I didn't know who to, who, who to go to. And so yeah. I say that to say that we need to be ever present for our kids. You know what I mean? Regardless of what, facet of their lives you come into, be it a parent, a friend of a friend, a family friend, regardless of what area you intersect with their life. If you have children in or around your life, interact with those kids, man, talk to them, have conversations. You are an influence, even if you're not a parent. I, a few years back, Mm -hmm. I wrote a column for our local, like uh, Pittsburgh city paper for pride. And it was basically about, I often, often at a show, a kid will wait till everybody leaves the, the auditorium, all the teachers are gone. They lurk, they wait. And then they just say, Gab, is it okay to be gay? 
And they do it in such a way that it breaks my heart. And clearly they have not heard that it's okay. And I'm like, it's not okay. It's fabulous. What are you talking about? It's awesome to be gay. You know what yeah. I mean? Like try to have a conversation and find out who are you talking to and what resource, you know, and I only have a little mm-hmm. bit of time because I'm a school visitor. But basically what I said in my column was, let everyone know it's okay to be gay. If yep. you're just an ally, you need to celebrate Pride Month harder than gay people because you need to let everyone know and the little kid who may grow up to be gay to -hmm. know that you're on their side and it's okay to be gay it's okay to be yeah but it just kills me how many times that question is asked to me it's just like oh my god what year is it yes it's okay and that's so bananas how people are still struggling with that like people are and i don't i don't think about it sometimes because of the way we run our household so like lg that's not even a that's just it's like breath, you know what I mean? Like it's just a normal, regular, everyday part of life. And so I'm not, I'm not always aware of it. Bootsy will come to me like, we need to do some, like my, my coming out was easy. You know what I mean? Like that other people need to, you know what I mean? Like they'll have more issues with, you know, us not doing enough. Do you get what I'm saying? Because elementary schools think LGQTB is like a bad word. Like you're not allowed (laughs) to even say it. Like I go to school and they'll be like, you're not going to, you're not going to say anything about LGQTB, are you? And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm going to talk about not being a bully, being kind. But if someone raises their hand and asks me a question, I'm going to talk about it. You know, like that's how it comes up. But yeah, no, like schools can be very, very, I mean, because I've been in rural areas. I mean, you know, just, it's just wild. I mean, I've been to schools in West Virginia where they're a public school, but there's Jesus everywhere. Jesus oh, everywhere. I'm good on that. <laughs> you know, I mean, just like, and, and I think I had said to you, um, well, so like in the summer is what I used to do, Jesus, this is going to be. So uh, the Pittsburgh police, which I don't think I'll ever get this gig again after I've, all I type is defund the police. But anyway, <laughs> Pittsburgh police, they like to put together a free camp for citywide children. Anyone can apply. They go through, pick a certain amount of kids. And these kids get to go to a free week-long camp where they're taken to restaurants and amusement parks and the zoo. And they get entertainment by Gab Squad. And I've done it like five years in a row, whatever. So two things that were glaring problems for me. One, uh, there was a kid with autism and there were not one adult who was trained to deal with autism. And they were getting mad at the kid and acting as though this kid was being bad. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. This kid isn't being bad. This kid isn't being, this kid is just has autism. Where's like the special right. teacher, or yeah. the teacher on board? They're like, oh, we don't have teachers. We're in charge. I'm like, well, that's ter- horrific for this what? poor baby. Yeah. That just scared the shit out of me right there. Then I'm doing the assembly and I have this one kid, this little black kid. I don't know. He's maybe 10 years old and he's being a little jag off. You know what I mean? Kids are jag off. I was a jag off in assemblies, whatever. He's harassed, you know, just yelling shit. Doesn't bother me. I'm playing with that. We're having fun. You know what I mean? I love a good heckler. He's not a problem, but they keep getting mad at him. Right. Like coming over, grabbing his shoulder, like kind of threatening him get through the whole show, whatever. They come over like, we're so sorry about that kid. We're kicking him out. He's not going to get to stay at camp. His behavior today, he doesn't deserve to be here. I'm like, whoa, 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 time out. No. I'm like, just stop for a second. I went, hey, buddy, get over here. He came over. I'm like, what's your name? He's like, Eric. I'm like, Eric, look, man, I can tell you're a good kid. Like, I know you are because you you were funny when you were like trying to razz me. What's going on? Like, why did you need so much attention today? Like, what's going on? 
And he just broke down and told me that yesterday, the day before he watched his dad get arrested for dealing cocaine at their house. And I was like, okay, man, go on with your buddies. I'm just, you know, I hope you have a great summer. And like, we had a nice moment. I turned to the cops. I'm like, that's why you don't kick them out. Why don't you talk to them? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, that's just the reality. You'd rather just say kids bad, kick them out instead of just talk to them. Kids are people. Yeah. People forget that, man. They will not talk to kids like they're human beings. Kids forget it. I mean, people forget that often. And unfortunately, the one of the main culprits of forgetting that are parents, their own parents. And I, and I watch the way, you know, a lot of people that, you know, the way they treat their kids. And, and it's not even necessarily abusive. I'm not talking about even that uh, to that egregious point. What I'm talking about is just the simple stuff. We forget the simple stuff is just as important as the big stuff. The simple stuff being your kids need to be allowed to have a voice. They have to have a voice in their home. You can't raise children by a be seen and not heard model. It's antiquated. It's damaging. It's painful. And it's dangerous because if when someone does something to them, if they experience something uncomfortable, if they're in a bad situation, you know what they're not going to do now? come and tell you about it. You know why? Because they should be seen and not heard. So that even something that small, something as small as, oh, that little boy pulled your hair because he likes you. I never told my daughter that ever. I said, if anyone is assaulting you, because if they're pulling your hair, poking you, whatever it is that they're doing to get your attention, that's because they're emotionally stunted. And even if they do like you, they're abusive. Even if they're five years old, that's an abusive trait. Like, no, that does not mean they like you. That means they can't verbalize their emotion words. You know what I mean? So, but we tell our little girls that and we tell our little boys, man up. You can't cry, man up. You know, I'm a boy. I'm, I just shit my pants. Okay. (laughs) I don't even know how to wipe my butt good. I can't man up. (laughs) Like if we're being honest. Yeah. And what is man? And like, I don't even know, like all the, like just these gender roles that we like force on children yeah. to do, you know I mean? It's so oppressive. It's so damaging. I mean, I just know like always when I would like play with all the boys, there would always be commentary, right? Or in my neighborhood, we ha- it was my two, my best friend who's a female and then two males, but the one boy who's a male, his dad was like, at a certain age was like, I don't want him playing with them anymore. And he's still to this day my best friend because his mom was the one time she spoke up to her husband. But my point is, yeah. You know, it's just a mess. Like we, I just, yeah, it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. We're a mess. Mine was, mine was, I will give you something to cry about. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. It's like, I'm already bawling. You want right. to compound this fracture? You're not, oh, you want to cry? I'll give you something. To, please don't. I've actually already got something to cry about. I know because I'm crying. So <laughs> You know, and with my mom, like I'm my mom's biggest fan in the entire world, but my mother was a child of like severe trauma, like lots of parental abuse trauma. And so for my mom, what ended up happening was she was like an accidental narcissist, meaning that like no (laughs) trauma that we had was worse than her trauma. So when I had trauma, I just buried it because I was like, well, it's not as bad as mom getting beaten by her dad or mom, you know, having her mom abandon her. You know what I mean? Like you just, when I was getting bullied, I wasn't telling my mom. When I got molested for a year, I didn't tell my mother until after a year. And then I was like, I better tell someone, you know what I mean? But I still felt guilty and that it, and she was like, just forget about it. And it's like, well, cause that's what she did with her trauma. But for me, it was like, okay, I guess I forget about getting molested. You know what I mean? And then I have to go, you know, and it's like, 
You know, it's just wild. Like, and you don't think that a six-year-old just was being assaulted for a year. And then my yeah. school's mad that I'm peeing my pants. You know, it's just, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. And they were not nice about me peeing my pants, right? Like, shouldn't the school at that point have been like, hey. I was a pants peer too, for the same reason. Yeah. I could never make it home from school. We had this really long driveway, probably like a quarter mile long driveway at our old house. Every single day, I would get to the mailbox and I would pee my pants. No matter what I did, I could go to the bathroom before I left school, but it was the, it was the fear of going home and having some trauma, some horrific thing waiting for me. I can, and I didn't put that together till I became an adult. And because again, like you, it wasn't as bad as my mom. So we just shut the fuck up and we, you know, stuffed it down. So, but yeah, it's, and these are bigger things. These are bigger things, but we, you know, we, I say we, the proverbial, we do this to our kids. We do this to our children, but also folks, here's another perspective to think of that I didn't become aware of until my daughter told me. And that is, we think we're doing good for our kid. And it's really at a detriment. Like I remember sitting her down and, um, you know, the first time she was called the N word and kind of explaining to her what that meant, what happened, what was going on and explaining to her, like, you are, you are a black person in America. You will at some point grow into a black woman and you cannot be weak. You can't. And I remember sitting her down and telling her this. And I'm like, you have to be better, smarter, stronger, faster. You're going to have to work double hard for the, for a slice of what others your white counterparts are getting and no one's going to give a fuck. And that caused her caused them not to ask for help. And so they would be slipping in certain areas. Now they're doing great, but, and, and she sat me and they sat me down one day during our podcast and explained that to me. And I was like, and it broke my, I was on that one. I think. Yes. I think I you were, or I was watching it. I can't remember one or the other. Cause I was moved. Yeah. By Boots's honesty. Yeah. And it broke me down to tears. And I just say that to say, sometimes, even when we think we're doing the right thing and the most, the best thing for our kid, it can be to their detriment. You have to check in with your kids. You got to talk to them. You got to check in with your kids. It's so yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, I was like, you find oh, that people are, you've been doing it for almost a decade now. Yeah. You find that people are more receptive to this messaging in that deck in that nine year span than when you started that's a really awesome question because i can answer that honestly um so when we started we had this wonderful wonderful uh, historic president named obama and it just felt like everything was good for a little while gay marriage was legal obama was president and i have an anti-bully band and everyone loves it and there's nothing but love for it and then the Donald got elected and it was weird. All the fundings are drying up. Oh, it became a, it truly became a one person job. I mean, Josh left because he had a family, but also because it was like not going to work for two people because the minute Trump became president, it was just like, it was crickets. I mean, it just changed. That's so wild. Yeah, is that, Why? Is that because, is it federal funding that was, I'm wondering if it was state, federal, how that was working, because I know prior to Donald Trump, schools had to have anti-bully. Like it was a law to have anti-bully curriculum. Mm. And most schools didn't want to waste the time. So they're like, let's just get that anti-bully ban. We'll get them in here and then it's done. (laughs) And we're like, okay, we'll come in, you know. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know if that was the reason, if it was just, I have to say like my earliest shows after he was elected were some of the worst shows I've ever done. I mean, oh, wow. Oh, kids just like heckling. And, and then when I would like try to 
converse with them like, hey, what's going on? They'd be like, Trump, Trump, Trump. And I just have a- Are you kidding me? I swear to God, room of kids chanting Trump. And I would just go home sobbing in my car like- I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do this. And like, I would talk to my therapist. They're like, that's why you have to keep doing this. And I'm like, I know, but it's getting really bad out there. Like, oh, kids, this utter disrespect into their teachers, to me. That's horrifying that people would indoctrinate their kids that way. What part of the country are you? So a lot of times it is very rural. I mean, I go out in like places in Pennsylvania. I don't even know. I've been to like areas in Gettysburg and Maryland and, and uh, Tennessee and Ohio and West Virginia. I mean, I drive in West Virginia and I can count more Confederate flags than, you know, um, and American ones than American ones. Huh. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's, 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 I mean, but then I'll get to a school like in the middle of West Virginia and I'll be like, okay, can't do any of my hip hop. That's not going to go over. Well. And then, then they'll be like yelling out, Hey, do you know, like, um, little Nas X? And I'm like, wait a minute, you know, little Nas X? Okay. Yeah, I guess. Like, it's just so strange. Music is the one thing that I think connects everybody. It's like the one thing that's like, I don't know, man. Someone in the chat asked if you know of any online resources to recommend. Ooh, well, it, it, I mean, I always feel like with anti-bullying, it's so like, you know, there's the Trevor Project and there's um, the It Gets Better Project and there's all kinds of things for LGBTQIA plus kids. Then, you know, in terms of like a big population who get bullied that I feel like we we often don't talk about is the disabled community. You know what I mean? I, yes. I, I mean, you know, I mean, often kids are strange about anyone who's in a wheelchair because they just don't know or kids with autism get ignored and left out or blind kids. You know what I mean? It's always, and the schools like, we'll try to like make an effort and be like, everyone's going to be a buddy to someone today, but that sometimes just angers kids and makes like these weird dynamics. Um, And I wish I knew of more resources for kids with disabilities who are getting bullied. Cause I find that to be a giant group. Now I know there are different camps and there's different organizations that you can like join to be around more people, but I, I don't know in terms of that, but I mean, sure we can, can all work together in Google. Yeah. <laughs> sure. We can all do one super Google. Yeah. But uh, I love what you do, Gab. We, we're, we're coming, unfortunately, to the end of the show, which always baffles me, especially when we have someone who's so engaging and charismatic like yourself. And it's like the episode just flies by. Um, before we get out of here, though, what do you want to leave people with? Uh, really, how can people find you if someone's watching and they want you to come to their school or their workplace or their event? How can people find you to book you? And what kind of message would you like to leave our viewers with? Um, okay, I'd say the easiest way to book me is either to just Google Josh and Gab Duck, where the Josh and Gab show is the name of the band, or you can just look me up, Gab Benesso, and I have all of my stuff connected to all my other stuff. So that's the easiest way. And I guess what I want to leave everybody with is, you know, Let's remember that we just went through a global pandemic. We all have gone through a trauma. And when people are going through trauma, they're not generally their best selves always. So let's give everybody a little bit of, you know, breathe space and some empathy and some understanding and know that we're probably all not our best selves right now. And we're all just trying. Yeah, 100 percent. I'm That's word. I love that word because I. See, that's what we were talking about earlier with you. And we had that person come on who's wonderful and, you know, was just dropping F-bombs all over the place on a corporate show. And, you know, we both kind of like, well, you know, we did just come out of (laughs) hibernation for like 400 plus days. You know what I mean? So 
let's just, yeah, I know I've been traumatized. Steven, I know you've been traumatized. Gab, I know for, we've talked. Oh, yeah. I know, you know what I mean? So, you know, yeah, that's, uh, that's excellent. An excellent piece of advice. I will take that with me. What about you, Steven? Do you have any final thoughts? Final thoughts. Um, I'd like to mirror what Gab said is that it's so easy when somebody's being a prick to reciprocate. And it is something that I do try to be very mindful of, of just like, yo, this guy's going through something and, and let them, let them work it out and don't take it personal because I mean, especially like towards the end of 2020, I just caught myself so many times. Like, what did that person mean by this? Like why, like I was being so nice to, why is he being such an asshole? Um, It is a thing that you just kind of got to weather the storm, even with good friends, you know, um, they may not be their best selves. And sometimes you just got to uh, not personalize it. Um, that's excellent advice. I have a very hard time doing that, but I'm going to try to keep that in the forefront of my mind. I typically, I used to anyway, hold people to this ridiculously high standard of friendship and loyalty and like, you know what I mean? And and decency, um, because I felt like I made a concerted effort to treat people well. And so the most infinitesimal slight and and i would be like they're cut off and, and my husband would be like hey <laughs> come on okay they they said they'd call you back in 30 they called you in 35 minutes. not literally you know what i mean but like you know so i need to uh, this is a, a lesson that i need um i'll my final thought will be about my upcoming shows is that that's disgusting isn't it no, but i'm gonna tell you about get it because <laughs> i want people to come out the, the one thing I will, uh, the, the show I want to plug is the Black Women in Comedy Festival. It's um, produced and created by Joanna Briley, who is an amazing, incredible woman. She's a veteran comedian, been around for 20 plus years. It's all in New York, mostly mostly in Brooklyn. This year, there's a show also at, um, I wanna, mm, I'm, I'm going to get it wrong, so I'm not going to say, but go to Black Women in Comedy Laugh Fest online, and Laugh is spelled L-A-F-F. But just follow me. I have the link in my uh, Instagram. Come to the shows. This Let me tell you why this festival is created really quick. Because Black women don't get booked on things. <laughs> Not even kidding. But we don't get selected for festivals. We don't get selected for shows that often. And so a Black woman said, you know what? I'm going to create a space for Black women comedians to come. And when, by women, trans women are, are women. It's just women. So all of the women are part of this come out and support. It's June 16th through the 20th in New York. We would love to see your face. Hell yes. And as always, like, subscribe. Tell somebody to tell somebody. Um, Comedy Hub. Uh, My name is Stephen Campbell. My name is also Stephen Campbell. And this has been The Stephen Campbell Show. The Stephen Campbell Nonprofit Show. Follow Gab, like and subscribe to her stuff and book her for your things. Thank you. you See you guys next Tuesday. That was super fun, guys.